today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Savior. Make it serving God, doing His will. I know it's sometimes lofty and it's an ideal, but Paul pursued it. And because Paul pursued it, it had a rippling effect down through the centuries. And I believe that men and women who pursue it bless all those who are around them. Reaching up high. Arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives So we can be our heads and feet In today's powerful message from the book of Philippians chapter 3, Pastor Ed teaches us that all of us have a purpose and a calling. In other words, the Lord has prepared something specific for each one of His children to do. Therefore, we should press forward with those things that God has given us to do and always do our work unto the Lord Jesus. As we give our lives in service to Christ, we anxiously hope and wait for the day when we'll look into our King's eyes and hear Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message, Living Out Our Calling. a governing focus, a governing focus, something that governed his thoughts, governed his mind, governed his thinking process. What he had to do is he had to forget about the past. Now, I was looking over my notes and I said, you know, I preached on this text before, preached a little differently than I am today. But I was thinking how Are there things in 2008 that you would like to simply forget? Look what Paul says. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. There are several things that you could think about when you think about forgetting. And um, I, I talked about a number of those things, but... Today I want to talk about some different things that we could forget. You could forget the guilt of the past, the sins that might try and reach out and keep you from going forward in God. Uh, You could forget and you should sometimes the advancements that you've made because sometimes those things could hold you back from moving on in the Lord. But Paul says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind Some Christians are experts at living in the past. Living on past experiences. Now, we ought to build on the past, but not live in the past. We ought to build on the things that have happened, not be crippled because we're living in the past. Some people look to the past, some historical experience with God, but it's faded. It's distant. It's not a current reality in their life. It's an expired passport. Yeah, they've been there and they've done that. 
but it has no current bearing on their relationship to God now because there is no fruit from that. Oh, people will tell you, oh, I was in this revival or I did this for God. I made this sacrifice and I did that. Well, that is good and we thank God for that and we never want to negate that, but don't live there. There are new challenges There are new things that we must do. As Christians, uh, some people just have expired testimonies. We call them testifonies. (laughs) I mean, it was true at once, but they bring it from the past to the present so that they can escape from their present responsibility to God. Oh, I've been there, brother. I've done that. Well, yeah, but God calls for continual obedience. He calls for continual obedience. In the wilderness, when they wandered around for those 40 years, they were asking every day for manna, and God gave it to them, except when it came to the day before the Sabbath. They would store up the manna, and they would have it that Sabbath day. But if they kept that manna beyond the day that it was supposed to be kept, it went bad. It became corrupted. And that's what happened in so many people's lives where they slip into the sin of complacency. Oh, I got my credentials. You know, here's where I've been. Here's what's happened. Here's what I've done for the... All right. But how does that influence today? How does that create in me a deeper desire for God today? that I want more of God now. There's not only living on past experiences, there's longing for past experiences. Now, that's another trick of the enemy. Paul could have went back and he could have remembered the friendships that he had, the relationships that he had that were all lost when he followed Christ, all lost when he followed the Lord. And you know, when people come into church and they're so excited about following Jesus Christ, maybe it's out of a crisis they come in, things are falling apart in their life and they turn their lives over to the Lord, but then the enemy comes in a short time later and he begins to lie to them and he begins to paint the past so beautifully, so attractive, and you begin to hear an echo. You begin to hear the old Israelites in their voice where they say, ah, we liked Egypt, all the good food in Egypt. And what happens? People begin looking to the past, then longing for the past, and then leaving the present to go to the past. And they walk out of the church, no longer serving God, no longer walking with Jesus. Don't long for the past. Paul the apostle says, some things you gotta forget. Uh, The enemy will come with all sorts of lies. You know, you see these people uh, and these advertisements that they have, Find some old flame or something like that, you know, some high school sweetheart or, you know, and you think people wind up trying to go back and capture a missed moment that really is unrepeatable and imagine a life that maybe could have been or something like that and they begin living in a world that's not reality. They begin to long, and and, and God 
in his words is forgetting those things that are behind. Now, you don't stop there. Paul, the apostle, didn't stop there, but he wants us to look forward. I think about Lot and his wife. It says, remember Lot's wife? Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. Remember Lot's wife. She went back, she looked back, and God judged her. Don't go back to the garbage. Don't go back to the sin. Don't go back to the old life. Go forward with God. That's what God calls us to do. Then there's fulfilling the present. Paul talks about that, forgetting the past. That's one thing I do. And he's talking about also fulfilling the present. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what's ahead. This is a, a picture of a, someone in a race. It's an athletic picture of someone who is reaching out to win a race with every fiber and every muscle of their body. Their hand is stretched forth. They're running. Their eye is on the goal. The Christian life takes work. It's not a welfare ticket. Uh, and I'm not, you know, demeaning people who have to struggle and go on welfare. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is this. You get saved and salvation is fully of God. It's everything of God. You can't do anything to make yourself a Christian. You can't do anything to justify yourself before God. But salvation, though it's free, it costs you everything. To make progress in God, you must determine to work. Paul pictures this in this verse. He said, I'm pressing towards that goal. I'm straining towards that goal. That's why in Philippians 2.12, he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And in the net version, says, continue working out your salvation with awe and reverence. The Christian life is not... A spiritual playground, it's a spiritual battlefield. That's why Paul, at the end of his life, said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I've run the course, and now I'm ready to get a crown of righteousness. It is a battle, and it will be until you die. Amen. It's a battle to discipline yourself to study the word. It's a battle to slay the flesh so that spiritually you could live strong. To die to self, to live to Christ. So Paul the Apostle says, okay, forget the past. Didn't mean don't build on the past, but there's certain things that you want to forget that might hinder, that might block, that might keep you. There are some things in people's minds that stick there and they can't move forward. It may be in a relationship, it may be something someone said, something did, and it's just like a recorder in their mind, and they don't hear because they're living in the past. There are people who think that sitting in church is enough. No, 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 no. Church is a big part, but only part of it. It's living this life outside this building. It's being in a prayer closet. 
uh, I got an email from one of the brothers in the church and he was telling me how God has been moving and working in his life. And he said the past couple of weeks, he's spent quite a bit of time in prayer and he's gotten on his face before God, spending an hour, an hour and a half in prayer on his face before God, before he comes into this house of worship. We need that type of devotion in our lives where we pursue the Lord. But it's also for seeing the future. In 3.14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Every young person, I'm sure, does this. You think about when you're going to graduate high school, right? Then you think, no, some of you are not. Well, I hope, no, no. <laughs> Most of you are. But you think about when you're going to graduate high school, when you get to high school and you go to college. You think about when you graduate college. You think about when you get that first job, what it's going to be like working in, uh, for that job. You think about what it will be like when you get married, your family, your children, all of those. We all somehow think about the future. Paul said, well, just fast forward it a little more past this earthly life. He says, I think about that prize in heaven. I mean, what's that prize all about? I think that prize is all about when Jesus comes and he says, you have served me. Well done. When Believers come up to you and say, you've sacrificed for missions, and I heard the gospel. Thank you for supporting that missionary. Well, you know, when you chose to do the right thing, even though the wrong thing was easier, that made a difference, and that encouraged me because I was watching you, and you didn't even know that. Picture, standing before God, and angels in heaven, and, and God calls you up. Uh, the picture in the Greek text is of a, a winner in an athletic stadium being called up and receiving the reward. When God calls you up before the angelic host of heaven, the millions of believers, and you're rewarded for doing the right thing. For going the second mile when God said, go to second mile. For living for him when it was not easy to live for him. Paul says, to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ. That should be in our mind and in our heart. That day when we stand before almighty God. Would to God that we would keep that in our hearts and minds and spirits. That our view would be beyond this present life to a life to come. That our perspective would be more heavenly than earthbound. That we would look to the Lord and picture that day when he welcomes us home. There once was a great passion in the life of the church and the life of believers a passion about heaven a passion about the second coming of christ there should be a holy discomfort with this present life so that we look to the life to come and so paul is saying how are you going to fulfill that calling how are you going to fulfill that god given purpose in your life you must do certain things a realistic assessment of where you are and then a realistic determination to do and to live a certain way. There must be a governing focus because it's like walking on a 
tightrope. You have to be focused or you fall to the right or to the left. You lose your balance. And the enemy has so many distracting things to distract you this way and that way. He says, no, forgetting what is in the past, fulfilling right now the present. I know I got to work at my salvation. I know I got to be determined. I know I got to be disciplined. I know I got to be a disciple. And then foreseeing that future, where we're headed, where our home is, Heaven. And then he gives a practical application. He talks about our attitude. He's actually going back to chapter 2, verse 5, and he's carrying all of that stuff, gathering it together, where let this mind or let this attitude be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, in verse 15. Let us, therefore, as many are as are perfect, have this attitude. And if In anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. If if there's an attitude that's wrong, God will show you. You can get before God and say, search me, oh God. But he says, have this attitude. What is this attitude? It's a Christ-like attitude where you are here to serve. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus came to give himself a ransom for many. Don't make the storyline self. Make it the Savior. Make it serving God, doing his will. I know it's sometimes lofty and it's an ideal, but Paul pursued it. And because Paul pursued it, it had a rippling effect down through the centuries. And I believe that men and women who pursue it bless all those who are around them. When a person has a relationship with God and it is deep and it is real and it is vibrant, everybody around them is blessed. When a person like Jonah, the prophet, runs out of God's will, everyone around them suffers. And here, Paul the apostle is asking us, he's saying, have this attitude. William Law He's written on the Christian life centuries ago. He said, all our salvation consists in the manifestation of the nature, life, and spirit of Jesus in our inward new man. That's the goal. That's the aim. To live our lives like Christ lived his life. Christ in you. Christ living out your days. How many days do you have left? How many years Letting Christ have those years, have those days, have those resources, have everything. William Henderson, Hendrickson, a commentator, said, The duty as well as the destiny of believers is to be conformed to the image of God's Son. Oh, you say, the conflict is great, the difficulties are great, but you, under that conflict and under those difficulties, it's a refining process where you're becoming more and more like Jesus as you submit to his will, as you surrender to him. The, the Christian life is about serving the Lord and glorifying God. It's not about making yourself comfortable and strolling through life. It's about taking up your cross and following him. Paul says, keep that ever before you. Have the same attitude of service that Jesus had. 
And then there's this attainment. The practical application is there's an attitude. Our attitude and our attainment let us live up to what we have already attained. What Paul is saying, living up to what you've already attained. You remember when you came to the church and you said, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. Or when you were saved, Lord, you called him Lord. Uh, At that moment you said yes to his will and yes to his way. Don't stop saying yes to his will and yes to his way along the journey. Well, God, I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Well, God, that's more than I was expecting. When God called Paul, he said, I'm going to show him what things he must suffer. Oh, the Christian life, the path marked out for you and the path marked out for someone else may be completely different, but whatever the path marked out for you, you embrace that and give it unto the Lord. Our conduct should be consistent with our commitment. Our conduct should be consistent with our commitment. You made a commitment to Christ. There must be a fidelity to the truth already attained. And that's the condition for receiving fuller revelation, fuller truth. When you look back, will you be able to look back with a joy and say, I've served him, I've obeyed him, I've walked with him, I've listened to him. To listen to his voice, to obey the prompting of the spirit, to study this book and to know this word to become and to be all that God wants you to come and be. Paul said, I want to apprehend God for what the purpose is he apprehended me. When God lifted you out of the miry clay and washed you in his precious blood and set you in his kingdom, he had a plan, a purpose, a reason. The songwriter said, I was born for a reason, not just by chance. God has a purpose in letting my breath last. If I seek him, I will find him. For with the help of God, there is nothing, nothing, nothing I can't do. God has a mission, a purpose. Do it. Do it. Do it. Determine that you're going to live out your calling. I think of people that sometimes come into the church in a crisis moment, turn to God, and it isn't long before their hearts turn back towards the world. They get distracted, they're looking at this, they're looking at that, and soon their attendance wanes, their spirituality diminishes, Their fervor and ardor for God is no longer there. Do not take for granted spiritual passion. It's not something you could turn on and off like a light switch. I've seen and I've watched people who once were passionately close to God, deeply devoted to him, become complacent, cold, 
indifferent and deceived. I ask you, what is Jesus asking from you? Will you put it in his hands? Will you give it to him? Will you surrender? We're so glad you've joined us again today for Building in Faith for Dr. Ed Jones' teachings from the book of Philippians. Even though Paul wrote this book while in prison, the joy of the Lord fills every word. Paul knew that his imprisonment was being used for God's glory and the spread of the gospel. When you take a look at the hardships in your own life, can you see how God is working them for your good and His glory? When you're walking through the hard times, soaking yourself in the words of this book can bring a new perspective and transform your thinking. Whatever season of life you're in, we aren't meant to do it alone. We encourage you to find a community of believers to journey with. This family of faith will be able to offer you the support you need in any situation you face. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area, we'd love to see you at Faith Assembly. Weekend services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday. And there's a Wednesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. Find out more about Faith Assembly by visiting our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. You can also look us up on Facebook. Just search for Faith AG2. We'd also love to answer any questions you may have, so give us a call at 845-462-5955. Once again, that's 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for on today's edition. Join us again as we continue in Philippians next time on Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Your word restores.